As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome to the Reggae Lover Podcast. Welcome back to the Reggae Lover Podcast. Khalil Wanda in the building. And I'm Agard. What's up, people? Thanks a lot for tuning in. Got a great show coming up for you today. And take time out to shout out foundation artist Philip Frazier celebrating a birthday this week. Yeah, man. Philip Frazier, bad singer every time. And also... It was brought to my attention that Junior Biles also celebrated a birthday on February 2nd. Word, happy birthday. Yeah, man, and we're going to talk about Junior Biles a little bit later in today's show. Our main segment today is talking about financial security in reggae. You know what I mean? How to secure the bag. Word. And it's going to be kind of, you know, we, we were originally thinking this is, you know, something we would apply to recording artists, but of course... You know, any type of music industry career that you may have, it would be applicable. Um, also, you know, maybe any any creative career as well. Yeah, man, definitely. Very important subject. Before we do that, let's go through our micro segments talking about what's buzzworthy and the tastemaker and the sound clash update. And we won't OD on the sound clash update on this show. You know what I mean? We went about 20 minutes last week. So if you haven't checked that out, check it out. Because we, we touched on a lot of different topics somehow. Yeah, man. I'll try my best not to OD. All right. So Buzzworthy, this week the announcement came out that Buju Banton's album is just about finished and ready for the road. It's going to be released sometime in April. That's what we were hearing from Penthouse Records today. released a statement saying that the album is finished and... There's going to be something on it for everyone, for all of his fan bases, all of his fans. I'm definitely looking forward to that. Super, like, I mean, I haven't anticipated an album release the way that I'm looking forward to this one in a long time. Yeah, I'm going to make a very bold statement here. If uh, if I haven't heard not one thing about the album, not one thing off the album, but if it doesn't get a Grammy nomination, it'll be a snub. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> Yeah, man. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to say I'm, I'll be upset or anything because, you know, Grammys, hey. But at the same time, yeah, I mean, it's Buju. So we're going to go into our tastemaker for this week. What you got? Yeah, so this is an interesting uh, tastemaker. I'm, I'm kind of sticking with my own, you know, brand, so to speak, where I like collabs um, with people from different genres. So this song actually came out maybe a month or two ago and 
um, my tastemaker is actually the video. Now, this is a very big tune for me because, you know, it's the return of of Maya, <laughs> you know, Maya from the 90s, R&B singer Maya, you know, to my consciousness. So she did a song with uh, Ding Dong, a.k.a. Ding Dong Ravers, um, called Hands Free, and uh, it's on the sexting rhythm. And there was a video that recently came out for that. And I, I think, you know, it's a good video. I like seeing Maya, you know, she's, I think, in her 40s at this point. Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe close to 50, I'm not even sure. Like, she's uh, up there and she looks great. She looks just as good as she did back in the 90s, you know, I guess thanks to her uh, vegan lifestyle. So my tastemaker is definitely hands-free with uh, Ding Dong featuring Maya. The video that is you, sh- you guys should check it out we'll put a link to that one in the show notes for this show i checked out the song and i gotta say i love the maya part i didn't really love the ding dong part but you know what i'm saying <laughs> yeah she's actually singing in patois or, or, or jamaican accent at least yeah she she made an attempt at that you know what i'm saying correct but yeah again like i was listening to the the lyrics that that Ding Dong was bringing in his part, and you know, never really make it to me, you know. Still, but he he's a dancer, you know, and he just happens to have some some tunes. His best tunes are, are dancing, you know, obviously the dancing dancing right. tunes. Yeah, this is a little bit outside of his um comfort zone. <laughs> yeah, but big up Ding Dong still, you know. What I'm saying hopefully the song does well. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. We moving right along. We're going to give you a quick update on SoundClash this week. You know what I'm saying? Really, nothing to report in terms of recent events since the last time that we talked on this subject. But I am looking forward to the Addies versus Stonewall Clash in Antigua. By the time you're hearing this, that clash would have passed. So on the next show, we'll spend a little time recapping that one. Hopefully, we'll have reviewed the audio by then. Stay tuned for more Sound Clash news as we kind of like getting into the part of the year where there's a lot of activity, a lot of clashes. You know what I'm saying? There's a lot of dances being advertised. We'll have lots more to report in future episodes. Yes. As our contemporary uh, Drew would say, it's tax season. So <laughs> <laughs> Clash should get hot now. Yes, I So let's take a break to talk about one of our great sponsors. I tell you what, I was listening to an audio book about Bob Marley on Audible entitled So Much Things to Say. Mm -hmm. It's an oral history written and performed by Roger Steffens. He spent time down in Jamaica interviewing everybody, including Marley and everybody that was around him. So I'm talking Rita Marley, Skill Cole, film crews that were down filming him, you know, all the members of the Whalers. He's having these conversations in these interviews that he also collected while he was doing the radio shows. He put all this information into a book. What's so great about it is it, it just immerses you into the experience, quoting Peter Bunny, the incidents happened with Bob getting shot, the concert when he brings the two political leaders on stage. And so you really get the excitement, the energy of what is going on. That book right there... I strongly recommend it to any reggae lover, anybody that's into Bob Marley, and we have a special deal. Go to Audible and get a free book, free trial of Audible. Visit audibletrial.com slash reggae lover 
And there you can grab a free copy of this book. And the reason why I like Audible is because I like to learn new things, but sometimes I don't have time to read a book. I don't have time to sit there and leaf through the pages because I got work to do. So I like to listen to books in the car. If I'm riding a bike, just taking a walk in the neighborhood. There's so many different ways that you can actually learn new information or be entertained. You know, me personally, I like nonfiction. I like biographical stuff. So Audible is a great tool to use in order to take in that information and still go along with your day. Audible, they have the best narrators. You know, you're able to keep where you're at in the book. It's a very convenient way to take in new information and be entertained. Visit audibletrial.com slash reggae lover. So much things to say. The title by Roger Steffens, Oral History of Bob Marley. All right. So today's show, we wanted to talk about how the dollars are have been flowing in the business. So why this came up, you know, one of the news headlines from this week was that Bounty Killer came to the aid of foundation reggae singer Junior Biles, who has had some health problems and some also some mental health issues. So Bounty Killer donated $150,000 to Junior Biles for medical care. You know, a few weeks ago, there was a video circulating. Some people encountered Junior Biles on the street, and he was just kind of like sitting down on the sidewalk, you know, looking pretty unkept and, and disheveled, and, and he was kind of, you know... He was looking in bad shape, kind of talking to himself, you know what I'm saying? And, and and I was like wondering, like, why would why would this great contributor to reggae music, one of the great writers and singer songwriters, you know, what I mean, from the history of our music be in such a condition? Why? How could this happen? You know what I'm saying? How could this be allowed to happen? And why doesn't somebody do something about it? So. Definitely want to salute Bounty Killer for stepping up and, and doing something about it. That's exactly what needed to happen. And um, yeah, once again, applaud to uh, Rodney Price for uh, for stepping up and and helping out in, in this very what's the word Unf- unfortunate situation. Yeah, it's it's sad, man. It's it's sad. I never like to see that at all. And, and then you know, it just leads me to to think about some of the other artists and and musicians from the history of the music that you know they they were great creators in their own rights some of them musical geniuses but in terms of monetary success they may not have really hit that comfortable place you know what i mean where they're at a a, a space for of of prosperity and being able to leave a financial legacy for those that come after them, uh, much less maybe even take care of themselves as they grow into old age. Yeah, man, it's a, it's a very big problem, and it's not something that's new. Um, however, you know, now that we have so many media outlets and we have social media, it's definitely something that's um, in front of our faces right now, and it can't be ignored. We know they're the upper echelon, you know, the Marleys and the the McGregors like Freddie McGregor's family and John Holt and you know Alton Ellis you know who have children who are in the music business themselves and they kind of have passed down that legacy that we speak of uh, to the to the next generations 
um, you know, Sugar Minot's got a daughter, you know, um, Yellow Man, even, you know, his daughter's now performing and stuff like that in her own rights. And, you know, there, there are others. I know John Holt has, there's a documentary in production now on the life of John Holt. And his grandson is actually spearheading that project. His grandson is also a producer and, and you know, an artist as well. You know what I mean? But for the for those whose names are not as much in the stars, you know, in in the in the lights, for the people that sang back up, you know, saying people that laid down back in tracks and played in some of the bands and you know what I mean, played some different roles, which is super important roles in the music industry, you know, and they're they've been relegated to relative obscurity because it's not like you have. I go on Netflix and, you know, you can watch documentaries now about Black Hollywood and you can watch documentaries about the history of, of hip hop, hip hop evolution and going through and finding all these people from the past and, you know, highlighting their stories. We don't really have that for reggae. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So for the people that are now performing, now putting out music, it's like, are you guys really making sure that you're doing what you need to do to avoid that kind of a plight in 10 years, in 20 years down the line. You know what I'm saying? I think you encapsulated the the energy that we were talking about earlier. So we had a conversation earlier about, you know, um, Junior Bow's situation, and, and it kind of rolled into another broader conversation. And I know Khalil was just talking about artists, but, I mean, this is for anybody, like like you said earlier, in this type of industry, you know, this is not the only industry that happens to it just happens to be a higher percentage of people in creative fields, because it's a very, like, there's no, there's not a lot of infrastructure to begin with for an artist or a creative, you know what I'm saying? And then furthermore, you, you, you couple that with the way that the industry is traditionally, traditionally run in Jamaica to where you have artists who are treated as if they're session artists. And, you know, I'm not going to go too much into it, but basically, you know, especially the older artists, they didn't have copyrights. You know what I'm saying? They didn't have access to their publishing or royalties. It was this thing to where producers, you know, if you got money at all, because I've heard some stories about, you know, unfortunately, Studio One era, to where people were just hanging around the studios trying to get a break and, you know, they'll just be singing their hearts out and, you know, God knows if they ever got any money for some things that ended up being hits, you know? So for the older generation, it was like, okay, you get this money in the hand and hopefully you could capitalize on it. Um, nowadays, you know, what I've heard is it's changed a little bit to where um, there are some artists in Jamaica who are savvy, who do have better agreements with these producers and management and record labels and things like that. But for these older artists, you know, it's, it's few and far between. Back in the 60s and 70s and the 80s, the music, yeah, even up to the 90s, the music, a lot of the music that was produced is what I would call um, forever music. It's music that has that lasting power, you know, coming from the golden ages of reggae, a lot of this music is still being sought after globally 
and you know like the vinyl in a category you know categorized as rare to where people are paying big dollars you know just to get a piece of the vinyl right now the music definitely has a tangible value it's still it's still relevant which is really cool but if you as the original artist or writer didn't have any type of royalties associated with that then essentially like you were saying agar it may have just been a transaction one day you know you may or may not have right. gotten it you might have gotten some rum and a you know what i'm saying and a spliff <laughs> for all we know <laughs> and it's just like this music goes around the world for the next 30 40 years and if you're no longer touring it's like you're not seeing anything from that so the difference yes. nowadays is that a lot of these younger artists are putting out music that's only going to last two to six months, maybe 12 months at a maximum. And then it's going, you know, it's going away. It's not being pressed on vinyl. It's very, basically being leaked out as soon as you record it. So how I don't see how, you know, this recording and revenue from this type of recording can be sustainable and we've talked about this in episodes last year on last season when we touched on the 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 business of music of reggae music it's very important that any creator right now set up diversification in what you're doing and what i mean by that is you need to be focused on setting up multiple streams of income right so you have your revenue from recording and then if you do have you know, arrangements where you're getting, you have your publishing, you're getting royalties, you know, that may be another um, recurring, yeah, source of recurring revenue, right, from your work. Mm -hmm. And that can build up over time. But then you have to put in work also performing. And I think that that's where the line share of probably most artists make their money, doing performances and also performing dub plates in the reggae and dancehall world. Yeah, man. And I think what's What's lost a lot of times, I mean, some of the artists that you mentioned earlier, they're they're very business savvy. You know what I'm saying? The Marleys are savvy. Freddie McGregor and his family are savvy. You know what I mean? Um, The thing is, unfortunately for creators, what a lot don't realize, or even if they do realize, they don't know how to make this balancing act. And what the balancing act I'm trying to talk about is your business, right? And any business has profit and loss statements. You know what I mean? Like you can you can be booked out for years, going on the road for massive amounts of time. But if you're spending more than coming in, that doesn't mean anything. You're going out, you're performing, you're doing all these things. And what, what are you running out of? You're running out of time. You know, age is going to hit you at some point. And if you're always chasing, you know, being able to like there are people and I've met a few millionaires in my life. There are people who on paper are worth more than a million dollars, but because their lifestyle or some choices that they've made don't afford them the luxury (laughs) of actually having a millionaire's lifestyle. Now, now most people won't understand that. Because they're like, okay, if I have a million dollars or if I'm worth a million dollars, I made it. But that doesn't mean anything. Like there are people who are on paper millionaires who are living like people who are are waiting for their next check. 
It's crazy. So what I'm saying is like, especially as creatives, as artists, you know, even if you make it, even if you have a hit, even if you're booked out, there's certain things that need to be happening so that you can maintain that. You know, number one, you know, the profit and loss thing. And I know I'm getting a little bit in the weeds here, but, you know, come, what's coming in it has to be more than what's going out, number one. The, the second part of that is always pay yourself first. You know what I'm saying? You know that as a rule, Khalil. You know what I'm saying? If you want to save money, you always got to pay yourself first. There's something that you got to siphon off away you know what I'm saying? That you don't never touch. That's your rainy day. That's breaking case of emergency. That's before you pay your bills. You know what I'm saying? That's before anything. Pay yourself first and then put, you right. know what I'm saying? There are things that tr- are tried and true that these artists or creatives or whoever are not aware of because, you know, there's a lot of hubris when you're young. There's a lot of like, yo, this thing is going to last forever. I'm going to take it to the top. I'd love to hear and see artists talk about this type of stuff yeah you know what there are artists who do but unfortunately a lot of them are not a of caribbean descent which is unfortunate because we have a lot of like crazy successful business people throughout the caribbean countries you know what i'm saying hustlers people who have made it from literally nothing but for some reason it's not in the art you know it's not in the creative like we know we know many Caribbean people who are, for example, in the American music industry and, and are thriving. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? Like we were talking earlier and there's, there's examples of that. Like you said, in the documentation, in the hip hop world, you know what I'm saying? I've read multiple books of, you know, Russell Simmons. You've read, uh, I believe 50 cents book, you know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. Or, and, uh, Damon, Damon John is yep, that his Damon name? John. You know, from, yeah. You know what I'm saying? These are all within the hip hop world. You know, unfortunately, um, the only examples besides people I actually know in the Caribbean community of like people broadcasting, you know, business um, ideas or acumen is literally growing up in, in New York City. You'd have, you know, certain shows, you know, shout out to um, what's homeboy's name that used to be on the radio. Was it was it Squeeze? Yeah. Yeah, David, David, you know Nicky, like people, aka Squeeze, right? Yeah, Squeeze. You know, what I'm saying he would, you know, have sometimes the real estate thing going yeah, on. He talked about financial going. empowerment Child- for sure. Correct. You know, David Levy was was a great proponent of that when he was on. You know, he he was on, I believe, his WBLS for years, and every week on his show, he would talk about that stuff. You know. You know, he would talk about, you know, the African diaspora and the importance of being business savvy. You know, I, I knew about these things growing up because I had the fortune to grow up in New York City at a time when Caribbean radio shows, you know what I'm saying, of people in the community who are business savvy actually still had shows and would dedicate part of their shows to sharing this stuff. You know what I'm saying? Outside of that, in terms of entertainment, you know, you have all these examples in the hip hop world, but in reggae, it's starting to come out now. Shout out to Bounty Killer, you know what I'm saying? Um, and, and people like him who who are are really um, putting this type of stuff, th- these things to the forefront. You know? What yeah, I mean? man. You know, shouts out to yeah, Killer. You know, also Shaggy and all the other artists who have 
nonprofits and foundations and, you know, they're doing things within the community to enrich the youth and, um, and, you know, just give back to the com- communities from which they, you know, that, that, that supported them for their entire career. Definitely have seen a lot of that lately, but in terms of financial literacy, I think that's a big void. And I think that that's very important, you know, like obviously this trend now is Braffin, you know, as it's called, and, you know, it's all about Louis V and, you know, Hennessy and just, you know what I'm saying, whatever name brands and spending money, like literally throwing money away. That's that's the trend in dance hall right now. There are people that are looking forward to coming up into the business so that they can throw away money. I'd rather see people telling you in the in the industry or even in their music how it is that they're, they 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 want to attain wealth instead of just wealth at whatever cost. You yeah. know what I mean? Like even you look at an artist like Chronics, you know? Um, there was a song it's I was listening to, you know, a couple of clashes and, you know, Soul Supreme has a chronic stub and um That's probably where I, I come from. The exact l- He's talking about, you know, tell Wall Street I'll be coming soon, dreaming about money all Yeah, exactly. Making money is always yeah. on my mind. Yeah, man. And you know what I'm saying? Like, yo, obviously chronics is a Rasta, you know what I'm saying? But there's a lot of rich Rastas out there. Money itself is not evil. And, you know, just like anything else in this world, in this human world, you know, you have to be able to have power over it instead of the other way around. So I appreciate a song like that. You know what I'm saying? It's a different way of being aspirational rather than, yo, I'm doing this, I'm doing that. It's like, yo, this is what I want. I want security for my family. I want to never have to worry about money. That's fine. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's one way to talk about money. I think of a song like Biggest Fan from Leela Ike. You know, she's talking about going to the studio and her mom is like, yo, what the hell are you doing? You know what I'm saying? I don't want you hitch up in no studio with no man and this and that. You know what I mean? And then she heard the song on the radio and it's like now she's the biggest fan. And, you know, that's cool. You know, like dreaming about making it in a business and getting that first major hit and getting that break. You understand? But what we're kind of talking about is once you reach to that level, it's like, how are you conducting yourself to make sure that what you're doing could be sustained? What you want to kind of do is figure out ways that you can make money in your sleep, have Mm -hmm. your money actually work for you. You know, you you get some revenue and you reinvest it into your business, reinvest it into your brand. You are a business, you know, as a creator. I've heard recently that um, the Jamaican stock market is basically on the rise. Um, Correct. You know, look, when we talk about diversity or diversifying, you know, financial stuff, yo, we're not talking about gambling. If you put all your money in the stock market, that's a gamble. You know what I'm saying? But like what Khalil said, if you have certain things in your back into your business, investment in your craft and other things, and then some of that, you know, money in the stock market, you know what I'm saying, might be in 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 a certain country stock market, a, a index fund. It could be, you know, certain amount of money locally, domestically, some money internationally. You know, that's also a way to like make sure that you have something there for right. a rainy day. There's endorsements. There's major and local brands that you could partner with. 
as another potential revenue stream. You know what I'm saying? Um, I saw the new video from Spice. She's got a song called Rolling. Uh, just dropped last week as we we're recording this. And the video is set. It's kind of an ode to Ike and Tina Turner's Rolling on the River, which is cool. You know, the lyrics and everything, the song is pretty much what you get from Spice. You know what I mean? But the video itself is very, very creative, very funny. And it's basically an ad for Magnum, uh, you know, Magnum Tonic, the, the energy drink. You know what I'm saying? So that's just an example of how you can leverage your your brand and your celebrity to work with brands. You know, um, the Clark's relationship that may be developing, you know, we've seen with Javelani's Clark song and Lila Aiki. You know what I'm saying? Being selected to come to Fashion Week by, by Clarks. You know, those are just a couple of examples. You know, I believe Chronix has an Adidas endorsement. So, you know, you'll see him in the exclusive um, Adidas jogging suits and stuff like that as he's touring. Another thing I've seen is like, uh, I'm just giving some examples here. Gramps Morgan has a few different brands yeah. under his belt. You know what I'm saying? Um, I think farming is is another thing that some of the the artists have gotten into, which you know it makes sense. I mean, you come, you know, a lot of people are from farming communities in Jamaica. You know what I'm saying? So you can use your your music career to kind of leverage some other types of projects in that kind of way. Um, I know Damien, you know, obviously the Marleys, but Damien's investing in in the in in the CBD and the herb. You know. Uh, market right now promoting the the cruise ship you know se- several artists you know have their their different stage shows and things like that that they promote you know just basically just figuring out that you know you're only getting pennies on the dollar from these youtube streams you're getting pennies on the pennies not even on the dollar fraction of a penny is a stream. exactly so you know bragging and boasting i have x amount of thousand streams you know, it just, it's not equating to dollars directly. So you have to figure out how to make that count for you. Yeah, man. And that informs strategy. Look, I know, I know it seems like we're painting a bleak picture, but here's the reality. The reality is the reality. You know what I mean? And unless you uh, form some type of super ultra powerful organization that could change certain things in the music industry you have to work within the confines of what's going on right now and what we're trying to say is this like look i'm not saying there's no money in streams there's money in streams you know what i'm saying but you have to have millions upon millions of views to make any type of like legitimate you know worth it money um you know there's there's um there's monetization, you know, there's a few di- different ways you could do that. If you're talking YouTube, um, you know, you could either use their platform and have automatic monetization or you could get sponsorship like Khalil was talking about, you know, um, to where, you know, you can have some stuff embedded like Spice did, you know, to where I'm sure there's some type of deal with, with Magnum. You know what I mean? That those are those are different ways that you can have the revenue. Like there's many different ways to, you know, put yourself out there, advertise your product or even sell your product. You know, some uh, a close friend to me said we're having a conversation about something similar. He's like, yo, it's sexy to be on Spotify, but I make more money off a of band camp. You know what I'm saying? That 
maybe it's a strategy that you want to follow. Like what's more important, you know, the potential exposure or money in your pocket right now that you could be invested in other things. You know what I mean? Does it pay to be on Spotify or does it pay to have a band camp or a, a Patreon account to where people are, are sponsoring you to make more creative content? Right. And my thing is do, do, do both, you know, do it all. Don't Correct. put all your eggs in yes. one basket. So that's the key. I see this a lot, you know, really going ham on their Instagram, for example, and all your stuff is on Instagram. What happens when Instagram goes away? What happens? You know, this is technology, man. It's moving fast. Like you don't own those type of, you don't own any of your social media properties. That stuff can all vanish at any one point in time. So that's just the importance of having your own, you know, have, you can get your own website. You can get somebody to build, build you your own mobile app. You know, I'm just, throwing out some ideas some suggestions here um what about podcasts if you look at the hip-hop world people like joe budden people like talib kwali huge in the podcasting space right now so they don't have to worry about records and they can still have revenue streams from doing these other things and it's leading to more and more opportunities for them as a matter of fact in the case of joe budden he's decided not to be a rapper, but nobody's to say that he can't hop on a track every now and then. You know what I'm saying? It could be that you're rapping nonstop or, or rapping, you know, performing, creating, whatever it is. Um, but you still have this other thing. You know what I mean? I know we've been speaking to artists a lot, like like actual recording artists, but this goes the same for the producers, the promoters, the DJs, you know what I'm saying, the sound men. And any any part of this industry to where you have a product, you are creative, like these things all pertain to you. I know we're 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 going to like the artist model, but this applies to all different parts of the industry. Yeah. And you know, you bring up the sound man world, you know, this may be a topic for another show, but um, you know, we were talking about sound clash and, and the clashing sounds versus the juggling sounds, right? And how Obviously, juggling sounds, you can have dates all throughout the year, multiple dates every night if you want to, all around the world, because there's parties, there's that much, that's, there's that many events going on, you know what I'm saying? But when it comes to sound clashing, yeah. it's a very expensive business because of the dub plates that you have to get, and there's not many clashes going on in comparison to regular parties, and then... To do a class, you might not even get paid enough money to cover, you know, a fraction of the expenses that you have to invest in clashing. But a lot of people don't realize that sound clash is kind of like being a pro athlete. You know what I'm saying? Think Olympic athlete, NFL player, NBA player, something like that. You know what I'm saying? You're average career in those fields is like four years you're hot if you're really good you can make a ton of money and then you can use that money to do other things you can pivot you know what i'm saying and you're set for life I f that's the way that i look at sound clash you know so if you're aspiring to be in that lane you know what i'm saying my i think the formula that we've seen from a lot of sounds that have made it is you go really hard for a period of time you try to go as far as possible 
win some global, you know, worldwide trophies and stuff like that to get your name out there. And then you can kind of chill. You have once you have your name out there, you can't sustain. You can't continue to spend hundreds of thousands of dollars on dub plates year after year after year after year. You know what I'm saying? It doesn't make sense in a in a business sense. <laughs> so yeah. I think that's that formula, you know, you can use that as a strategy to blow up. Um, I think uh, somebody who's done that recently, perfect example would be Champion Squad, mm-hmm. you know, started out from uh, as a teenager or even preteen doing parties and figured out how to do remixes, which raised his stock in the in the game because he's able to produce exclusive content with the remixes. And then eventually started cutting dub plates, you know, turned it into a real legitimate sound system, studied sound clash. And then one day he's according to DJ Reem, just for fun, he entered a sound clash competition, which was the road to Badadan. So the road to Badadan was held in Florida. He wins that clash and gets an opportunity to fly to be flown to Sweden to compete in a major sound clash in Europe with contenders from all over the world. You know what I mean? So not that he wasn't doing well prior to that up until that point, but after winning the Batadan clash in 2019, I'm pretty sure however his bookings were looking at that point, you know what I'm saying? Like it doubled or tripled. I mean, similar with Notorious, similar with Dynamic. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I use this metaphor, you know, Obviously, Michael Jordan was one of the best players to ever do it. But in the long run, his NBA salary was a fraction of the money that he earned in his lifetime. And what I'm saying is that, look, it's not a bad strategy if you know what you're doing to be able to hit it hard, go into Sound Clash, do what you have to do, make a name for yourself. Or even if you already have a name, make your name even more. You know what I'm saying? Synonymous with vibes and energy and winning. And you could step away from it and just clash for the, I mean, not clash, but uh, juggle for the rest of your life as long as those dates are still coming in. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's a way to up your profile. Exactly. And you could take that same model with a lot of different things. You know, if it's uh, a production thing, like if you're a producer, you know, you might have to like put out a lot of, of, of music and, you know, once once your profile gets bigger, that's when you can have a bigger price or, you know what I mean, parlay that into some type of deal, you know? Yeah, man. And and shout out to, you mentioned the McGregors earlier, Stephen McGregor, you know what I'm saying, the, aka the genius, you know, he's responsible for his, for at least in the last decade, you know, some of the biggest rhythms of of this you know century so far <laughs> you know what i mean and he recently has he has a publishing deal you know what i'm saying to where he can you know obviously he's paid his dues but i don't know of a lot of dance hall reggae producers that have american publishing deals right now you know what i'm saying shout out to Stephen mcgregor shout out to russian you know what i'm saying those are a few that are making it through and actually you know, regardless of the genre, are getting paid to produce music for all types of artists. Right. Another thing, when we're talking about this financial aspect, I have a I have a friend, a good friend. He was a friend of friend, now he's a good friend. 
he's been in the music industry for quite some time. I mean, he's moved on to other things. He's hosted radio shows. He worked for, like for with Pharrell, you know what I'm saying? At some point, he is very insightful about the music industry, you know? And when I wanted to start DJing and producing again, you know, he asked me, you know, he said, look, you got to pick one or the other. You know what I'm saying? It's either you, you're DJing or you're producing. You can't start both and try to like launch both at the same time. Now, some people can do that. Some, for some people, both of those things are synonymous with each other. But what he was trying to say is like you have to concentrate on what your truth is. You have to ask yourself what your truth is. Another thing that he did when he talked about finances, so I looked into um, like, yo, I need merch. First of all, I'm already thinking too far ahead. Like, I don't even have any fans, and I'm thinking about merch, right? And, like, at that time, or I'm like, yo, I got to invest in this. I'll just give it away. So, I, you know what I'm saying? I have some local, like, notoriety or whatever. And he's like, look, unless your product is straight and people, like, once you have a good product and, and people see that you have a good product, people will come and offer their services to you. You know what I'm saying? Like that merchandise person will come and make a deal with you and you will be splitting a percentage, no overhead. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? He's like, that's what happens. Or, or if you're on the road and you're touring, that's when you, 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 you have the merch literally at your show, at your performance. You know what I mean? A lot of people put things ahead of where it should be because they see the people who already made it you know what I'm saying? And they want to emulate what they're seeing. Yeah. And what they don't understand is these people are not paying that money. They're having deals. Now, look, there's, a diff- there's different business models. You can have merch without even ha- incurring any overhead now on the internet and literally do the same thing that he just suggested to me. Right, because print on demand is here. Exactly, exactly. The, I guess I'm being, I'm being long-winded, but this, one of the last things I'm going to say is this. Know that you don't know everything. That's exactly right. That's exactly what I was yeah. kind of wanting to extract is that right. when you're starting out, you, you know, research is one of the most important parts of your job in those stages. I mean, research it always everything. is. It never, there's never, you can never do that too much. A lot of times people are surrounded by a good friend, maybe a good sparring partner, a good brethren or sisterin. Might be a, a blood relative family, might be people from your community, you understand? But when you decide that you're going to be in business and you start to make some strides now, you have some tough decisions to make because you can't be listening to the people that were or- already organically in your circle in regards to business things in terms of branding and everything that we're talking about here, management of your finances. You need to be collaborating with people that know what to do and that can properly advise you people that hopefully you know you have a good trustful you know trustworthy um, basis to the relationship with then you can actually work with them because i think that that's the downfall of many people in the music business you know this is why there's so many songs about bad mind in dance hall yo because of yes. this very thing, you know what I'm saying? Like, this is the thing that cuts everybody's throat or slits everybody's wrist, you know, just silently. And, you know, you, you just stay on the same level for way too long and then the window closes. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. 
So it's it's important to, um, you know, seek out knowledge from outside of your immediate circle. That's what I was going to say. Like people choose loyalty over expertise. You know, even if you have no knowledge of something, it's it's like going to the doctor. If the doctor gives you some type of diagnosis or a mechanic, you know, gives you some type of diagnosis for your car, sometimes if it's extreme enough, you want to get two, three opinions. Yeah, man. You know what I'm saying? So if you have an opportunity, nobody's to say that you have to take that opportunity when it arises. Look, it's a it's hard to balance trust with wisdom, knowledge, insight, because you do want to have people that you trust, but know what they're good for. If you have a friend that's good with, you know, has a high level of emotional intelligence and he's going to tell you, okay, hey, how do you feel about this? You know what I'm saying? That's cool. You know what I'm saying? But if that friend, you're going to ask that friend to be an accountant, (laughs) you know what I'm saying? No. You know, if, if you're in a position to where, okay, a company comes to you and they have something that they're offering to you, okay, find a lawyer. Ask that lawyer, okay, what's your opinion? Then you find another lawyer and you ask that lawyer what's their opinion. And then you find another one. You know what I mean? And most lawyers, if they're decent, like you might end up spending some money. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? For that consultation. You might end up spending $100, $200, whatever, for each consultation. But if it's like that important to you and you don't want to get screwed over, don't don't just go the easy route, which is signing a piece of paper. And then next thing you know, you sold yourself down the river and you don't even know it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And the same thing goes for finances. Look, at this right. point, we were talking about this earlier. Yo, there's so many, like, we talk about YouTube and how dancehall artists love to, you know, boast about YouTube. On that same YouTube, you know, you can find so many resources, you know, of people who, like, dude, I'm into sneaker customizing right now. Like, I'm not buying any new sneakers. I'm just practicing on my old sneakers that I have to, like, um, get my skills up. But there's literally millions, hundreds of thousands of, of videos on different techniques on how to do the same thing. Right. And what I realize is there might be somebody with five, 10 years experience, but they don't feel comfortable with this one part of it. And then I go to somebody else's page and they 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 eureka. They know exactly how to do this thing. They might have just be two years in. You know what I'm saying? What that says to me is that as as somebody doing research, I can't go off of the first insight that I get. You know what I mean? That yeah. could be that that could be financial stuff. That could be you know moves in terms of production or or or, or strategy. It could be anything. You don't until you find that person that fits or those people that fits in your team a certain way. That's that's gonna bring your dreams to fruition or tell you, yo, this is not realistic. This is how we're gonna do this. You know what I mean? Right. Like you need those people, and and the financial component is one of the most important because if you don't have that the whole the, that's the gasoline that's the fuel you know what i'm saying you could care less nothing about money but if fuel that's the fuel that's what keeps things going right so we got people listening to this um i had somebody reach out to me through our facebook group from the solomon islands and i was like like wait what huh 
the Solomon Islands out there in the Pacific, you know, and he was sending me pictures, just absolutely beautiful. It's like South Pacific Islands, but the people, uh, they look like Africans, you know, like dark skin. It's, it's wonderful. You know, it's the place they have like these stone monuments out there, like from ancient times. It's crazy. And, and you know, we're talking about reggae music, you know. So this is something that there's no part of the earth that's not touched by this music that we all love. And there are people who they they fall in love and they want to do it. They want to be involved. They have a band or, you know, they want to be on the radio or they want to DJ. They want to sing. You know, this information is out there. So we hope that you find podcasts such as this. There are many others, maybe not so specific in talking about reggae, but in talking about how to launch your artists. There's a Facebook group that I will put you onto. It's called Artist Launch. Look up that group. You know, there's professionals out here that can help you and expand your horizons. So don't just be satisfied with being ignorant. Just a word of encouragement on that. You can do it. It's definitely something that others have done, and you can do it too. Create a long-lasting legacy and just do nothing but music. And I put like the air quotes because there's a lot of other things that you're going to have to do and you're going to have to research up on as well until such a time as you'll have a team in place with different people take care of different things. And all you can, all you have to do is create if that's what you really want. Don't let, what is it? Don't let a wolf in a hen coop. Yeah. <laughs> Just be careful. Yeah. Don't, 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 uh, put too much automation on the thing. You got to check in. You got to ask questions. You got to ask tough, difficult questions. You know, you got to play devil devil's advocate sometimes, you know, so that people will give you straight, realistic, honest answers. And you could catch them out there if they don't know what the hell they're talking about. Even if it's your father, your mother, your brother, your sister, people. Yeah, man. Um, Dane Cook's brother took about, what, $10 million from him at least? You know, a popular American comedian. He he thought, okay, my brother, you know, he can handle my finances. Next thing you know, you know what I'm saying, he's getting arrested by the feds. So, yeah, I know that sounds bad, but just a word of caution. It is what it is, man. This This is real... Real money talk here, and those are just some potential pitfalls that we've seen many people, you know, suffer from over the years. So just a little bit of sharing and caring here on the Reggae Lover Podcast. Appreciate y'all. As always, you know, you can email Podcast at gmail.com if you're listening on a podcast platform where you can comment or review or a social platform. Go ahead and hit us up. Let us know your thoughts on this topic and we'll definitely be back next week with another show as mentioned we're going to be talking about that Addies versus stonewall and so much more so yeah until next time have a great week peace for booking of highlander sound 404-552-0492 or email regaloverpodcast at gmail.com Visit Highlander Sound on the web at reggaelover.com. Follow at H-I-G-H-L-A-N-D-A on Twitter. 
follow at K-A-H-L-I-L-W-O-N-D-A on Instagram and like Facebook.com slash Highlander Music for more information. So let's take a break to talk about one of our great sponsors. I tell you what, I was listening to an audio book about Bob Marley on Audible entitled So Much Things to Say. Mm-hmm. It's an oral history written and performed by Roger Stephens. He spent time down in Jamaica interviewing everybody, including Marley and everybody that was around him. So I'm talking Rita Marley, Skill Cole, film crews that were down filming him, you know, all the members of the Whalers. He's having these conversations and these interviews that he also collected while he was doing the radio shows. He put all this information into a book. What's so great about it is it just immerses you into the experience, quoting Peter Bunny, the incidents that happened with Bob getting shot, the concert when he brings the two political leaders on stage. And so you really get the excitement, the energy of what is going on. That book right there, I strongly recommend it to any reggae lover, anybody that's into Bob Marley, and we have a special deal. Go to Audible and get a free book, free trial of Audible. Visit audibletrial.com slash reggae lover, and there you can grab a free copy of this book. And the reason why I like Audible is because I like to learn new things, but sometimes I don't have time to read a book. I don't have time to sit there and leaf through the pages because I got work to do. So I like to listen to books in the car, if I'm riding a bike, just taking a walk in the neighborhood. There's so many different ways that you can actually learn new information or be entertained. You know, me personally, I like nonfiction. I like biographical stuff. So Audible is a great tool to use in order to take in that information and still go along with your day. Audible, they have the best narrators. You know, you're able to keep where you're at in the book. It's a very convenient way to take in new information and be entertained. Visit audibletrial.com slash reggae lover. So much things to say. The title by Roger Steffens, Oral History of Bob Marley. 